T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Jay Gruden. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. You know, you're the vocal twin for your brother. People are saying you sound exactly like your brother. I'd just like to thank Mark Davis. I'd like to thank Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen, obviously. You guys ever, like, pulled a prank on each other? Got on the phone? You represented no, John. No, I don't think we've done that much. I, I think if you got John on the radio right now, you could tell the difference. He's a little more surly than I am. I'm more positive. <laughs> You're the positive guy. <laughs> I still think doing things the old-fashioned way is a good way. Thanks for having me on, fellas. All right, thank you. That's uh, Jay Gruden, former head coach in Washington. There's one thing we have to cover before we get into the other stuff. Do you think this is from you, Danny? Oh, so, so what, what did I do? Now, what, what did I do wrong? You're the vocal twin of your brother, John, people are saying in the text line. You guys ever try to pull pranks on each other? <laughs> Let's freeze it right about now. Go ahead and roll it. You guys ever, like, pulled a prank on each other? Got on the phone? You represent no, John. He no, I don't think. No, 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 you know, no. Jamie, how would that sound? So if I if I'm <laughs> yeah. Jay and I'm calling you John, am I saying? Hey, John, it's it's you, John. No, no, oh, what's going on? Well, man, I'm on the phone, man. Hey, like, man, hey, I'm, hey, I'm on the phone too it's with mom. you, John. <laughs> pull a prank on each other. <laughs> pull a prank each on other. each other. You guys ever like pulled a prank on each other? Got on the phone. You represent no. John. As each other is what I meant. Hey, me, it's you. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, I'm going to call my wife. I, I sound exactly like you. I could call your wife know, and she would think you that you're... Meant. You said on each other. I meant to ask each other. I meant to ask each other. One simple word. Damn. everything. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, Gabe, you get it, right? No, you're right. Like, when that happens, we have to bring it up. You're right. It's good radio. You're right. And now we'll forget it and never bring it up again for sure. You guys ever, like, pulled a prank on each other? Hey, good morning. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. You guys are always welcome. You got it. Thanks for having me on. Oh, good, clean fun. One, one, two, three. Here we go, Tim. Here we go. Here we go, Tim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. A texter said, Parkins, do you ever go one four-hour show without an embarrassing malaprop or having to utter the phrase, I was wrong? To which I responded and said, probably not. Because when you're out there, Getting these opinions off, not afraid <laughs> to take a stand and tell you how you, I really feel five days a week, four hours a day, you're going to be wrong a lot. You're not going to hear me be like, I don't have an opinion on who I think the Bears should have at their quarterback next year. And you're not That's doing not going to be uh, me. An I'm wrong 15-second segment of the show doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm not uh, doing that. No. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> like, 
oh, I don't have an opinion on who the Bears quarterback should be. What? What? I think both sides are equally great arguments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Take a stand. Have an opinion. Tell me what you think. It's okay to be wrong. Justin Fields is good. So is Caleb Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly. It's chocolate. It's vanilla. I mean, I just it depends on what I'm, what flavor I'm in the mood for. They're both for. sweet. I mean, yeah, it's, it's ice cream. They're both quarterbacks. It would be the Bears. Would you not be happy if you had both of them? <laughs> yeah, just, just, just bring them both in. Compelling radio. Yeah, I was like, my God, are you crazy? Like, I don't know what we're, what we're doing here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm wrong all the time. We'll talk to John Morosi coming up uh, in a little bit. He was uh, he had an interesting involvement in Joe Maurer's Hall of Fame candidacy. We want to talk to him about, uh, see what he thinks Jed Hoyer means by being in the fifth inning of the offseason. <laughs> talk a little uh, offseason baseball with JP. But you, uh, I'm not the best analogy guy. That's not my, I don't I don't try to do the Colin Cowherd thing. That's, sure. It's not my strong suit. Shane's normally the analogy guy. Yeah, what do you need? Let me know. No, 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 I don't need anything. Because Gabe, in a break, just gave me a, a Fields analogy that was tight. It was crisp. It was like a Seinfeld joke. <laughs> there was no wasted words. It was, it was <laughs> excellent. And I was like, have you said that on the air before? And he's like, no. It doesn't sound like one of mine. Doesn't it, sound it like one of mine either. Dude, <laughs> be honest, be it was so big. So I'm sorry if I'm setting this up too much, but can you can you repeat what you said off the air about how you feel about Justin Fields? The the the, the interesting part was you know the, the the preface where it was like I I, I don't like trashing because I remember I do a lot of shows on Mondays after Bears games, so I get the fan base. I take all calls. Yeah. Right. So I, I never want to trash aside. I do like listening to things because, like you said, I, I sometimes I can be wrong and I don't mind listening to other people. But uh, during the break, I was like, it's unreal how, you know, Bears fans, you know, have watched this for three years and they and and they're still like totally on board with it. And I said, I've I've driven the Justin Fields lease for three years and I and I don't I don't want to buy it. I want to move on from this car. I want something new. And even I know I, and the next car might not be better. I might not love it as much. But I'm ready to drive something new. But you know you don't want to buy this one. This is not it. I don't want to spend another four years paying this one. I, 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 and it could be good. It could treat me right. It could have it for a long time. And, and it might be awesome. But I've seen some other cars out there that are that are nice. And people talk about the Kia Telluride. <laughs> no, no. See, now you're expanding the, the analogy a little too much. You put it in a name. But I just, let me cook, Parkins. Let I, me cook, right, man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You can't give me credit and then not let me cook. All right, no, I'm fine. Expand it. Take sorry. It, no, it's it. okay. I'm on your show. No, I'll just, only do the part that you no, want. No, 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 no. Stop. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the idea of the three-year lease is up, you know what it is, and you don't want to be committed to it, Yeah, is that that is exactly what this is. Now... It's last year, the lease wasn't up, so polls didn't make it need to make a decision. And they called you. They called you to see if you want to do an early trade-in. Right. But he was like, no, I still got a good deal on this one. I haven't figured out all the features of it. Yeah. I haven't really taken it off-road. I haven't really let it open up on the highway. I haven't given it a fair shake. Shane, you following this one? Yeah, so okay, here's good. the thing. It's, <laughs> it's a, it is a great analogy. It, it is a good analogy. It's a car that once every four or five months – has like a minor recall, but the 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 manufacturer says where you're going. you can still drive it, but I would be take it easy. <laughs> like it, it, we've seen, like all right, so let's say seventy eight percent of these cars, the brakes they're fine, but yeah. that other twenty two percent, you never know. Yeah. Hmm. You can still drive it, but it's on you. Yeah. yeah, we'll fix it when you do an oil the change. The Kia Telluride. 
I like I, that was my favorite part of the analogy. That was the favorite part. That's the one that Danny hated. I don't know if you picked that up. I just love the the idea of like we've anyone who's ever leased a car has absolutely been in that situation and you've been faced with this is what I know. It works, but I could do better. And you're presented with that choice, and there is a deadline here to make the choice. But the the to extrapolate it even further, it's like you could stay in the car that you leased, or if you buy the new car, you're kind of like it's like a Lamborghini. Okay, but those new cars have concrete features that are better than the car before. It's it's better Bluetooth. It's more features on the dash. Yeah, it's wireless car holders. Yeah. But, but 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 to your point, Shane, it might have a recall quickly because it is you know new and such. Whereas the one I'm driving, yeah. if I just like put some new rims on it, if I, you know. 22s instead of those 18s. I probably would never do that, but, but if I leather, the, if, I, if I shampoo the leather, you know, do a turtle yeah. wax, now my car's looking real fresh. And the thing with these new QBs, though, detailed. the new QBs. Cars, cars Tanny. The, the, well, their value plummets the second you drive them off a lot at, into Hallis Hall. The value just goes way down. Yep. So. You go down, what is it, uh, 19 whatever football drive. Yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah, 1920 football drive. <laughs> yeah. I, but it just it hit me. I was like, "Damn, that is exactly what this is. That is exactly what it is. It would be fine and totally reasonable to stay with it, and you would just need to upgrade pieces of the car to make it feel like it was new and better. Yeah. You would need to add the rims, the better stereo, the whatever the case may be, to spruce it up and make yourself feel new. Yeah. Or you could actually buy the new car, which you might like less, Bears- but it's going. It, yeah. the, the the chances are." that it will be better because of the financial position, and in this case, the draft position, that you find yourself in. I I genuinely love that analogy, and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to say it in the future when you're not on the show. Just tag me. And I'm going to the first few times. And then eventually, I'm going to forget. Tanny, cut that and then just play it when he says it. And I'm gonna just, <laughs> I, I just and I will eventually make that my own. And I'm just letting you know right now, that that is your analogy, and it is brilliant and excellent. Appreciate it. It's very good. It's very good. <laughs> How would you be – are you at the point where you'd be angry if they stayed with Justin? Not angry. I want Justin Fields to be the, to be QB1 week one. I still think the Bears should keep him in my what? mind. What? In my mind. I know it's like, oh, you can't do that. Wait, what about the analogy? Blah, blah. What do we have to do to put you in a new quarterback today? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like this, Danny. Maker in your I like this. I like this. I got to talk to my wife about how I feel about this. Dude. No, I, I, my wife drives two, so I might just need two cars. That, <laughs> that's my argument. The, the, yeah. two, the two car One quarterback car. room. All right, let me go yeah. talk to my finance guy, see what we can do on the bottom line. Oh, uh, man, I, I did not know. Yeah. They're going to be jealous in the garage. Yeah, I'm. I'm some, some people, some kids are going to want to play, play with the new car. Other kids are going to be comfortable yeah. with the old car. I don't know if you heard though. The second car is giving me like a thousand dollar cash rebate. I'm feeling good. I get all these other incentives that yeah. they give me free oil changes <laughs> yeah. for the future. Like my quality of life is going to be really good based off what the other alternative is giving me. And I got the second car. I don't know. I'm feeling good about this. But now you've got two payments, right? Right. Which is really the only part that doesn't work on this because getting the new car lowers all your payments. True. Yes. You're refinancing your house when you get the second but car. The, but, but the good thing is I want to see how I feel first. I want to see how I feel, you know? And then I might just get rid of the first car, you know, the one that I walked in there with. That's what test drives are for. Can we get a 30-day trial on Caleb Williams? <laughs> <laughs> 
And CarMax, the free returns. Why don't you just walk around here, take a couple snaps? We want to see you. No that's what we're that. doing. We're the Caleb Williams CarMax. We're trying to find everything that's on those reports. Yes. If he's a little dinged up in previous accidents. Yeah, you know? exactly. Bad attitude. Carfax. Carfax. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Caleb Carfax. Williams being sold out of the Buddy Garrity car dealership from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> trying to find all these new like gimmicks with pig wrestling. <laughs> if you haven't seen Friday Night Lights, that last 15 seconds was yeah, nothing else? to anyone. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, uh, I am. Danny, I do want the Bears to. I want, I want my cake and eat it and be able to eat it, too. I want There's the Bears to come down. Dude. Come on. Stop, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fair, uh, did you forget fair, that we're talking about cars? Fair, 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 fair. fair, fair, yeah, fair, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. I was trying to bring you back to truck football. and your sports car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think that works. Yeah, I, know, I think I you got. It. I think you got a one car garage, buddy. I get. I it. think you live in the city. I don't. I do. I do not think you're parking the Lamborghini out front. And I no, you gotta you gotta maximize your assets. The longer you keep that car, get part time insurance on it, so it's cheaper. It's, the, no, the value is just that, gonna depreciate. No. You need to make a decision. Wait, hold on. Isn't Grody your neighbor? Can you put your second car in his garage? <laughs> <laughs> Oak Park boys, we out here. There you go. Oh, Could man. you, you know, <laughs> take Caleb Williams like every day, like that's you're going to work, you know, point A to point B, but then Justin Fields take him out for a spin every once in a while, <laughs> a little Taysom Hill action out there, you know. How about that? <laughs> a little joyride with QB2. Uh, this is great. Problem is, is, great. is, is that that car is the most popular car in the neighborhood, and so the new car will get jealous. Okay. Who cares? Beat it into the ground. <laughs> have fun with it. <laughs> a- another thing, considering Oak Park and where your garage is, we have to factor in what side of Western you're on. Oh, man. Oh, man. In Oak Park. This is getting confusing. It, well, it, not, not, for, not the, for the locals in Oak Park. Wait, what side of Western in Oak Park or 290? No, I thought, I thought Western was like the dividing line between what the good part of Oak Park and the bad part of Oak Park. Papa, it's Oak Park. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> it's all good. There's I no there bad, bad part. I thought there was a bad Like, nah. as you get closer to the green line. Nah. All right, sorry. I, drew, I, I got you. Austin? Are you Friday Night Austin? Lights and Bad Lines of Oak <laughs> no, Park. No, I'm, I'm not thinking of Austin. I'm not thinking of Austin. You're thinking of Austin the street. That's what you're not thinking of Western. I'm thinking of Austin the street. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Western. I'm thinking of Austin the street. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So it depends what side of Austin. No, no, no. Oak Park only exists. On the west side of Austin. I got you, bro. And isn't Oak Park the street anyway? <laughs> and Oak Park is a street in Oak Park. <laughs> we're losing the, We're losing it. We're losing the plot, boys. Right, what's on a main street? These <laughs> QBs all have updated navigation anyway. We'll get it. <laughs> Good. True. True. Man, I thought that you were firmly in the draft, no. Caleb, move no. on from field. So, but I mean, you, you know... You talk to these guys. You've been around professional teams. Yeah. You know athletes in locker rooms. They like, all love Justin Fields. So how I, – I think it's going to be tough for Caleb to walk into that without Justin. How does he walk into it with him? To me, that's the, that's the cloak, right? You get, to, you get to hide behind it a little bit. You get to just kind of chill out. You get to let Justin just eat it all and then, you know, kind of come in and potentially be that savior. Maybe that's the narrative that helps you win over the, the Chicago fan base. But I, I think it helps him more than anything else. If you come to Chicago with no Justin Fields – First of all, half the people hate you. And then you really have to perform at an extremely high level in order for the rest to be, you know, validated on what they thought of you. And then, so for me, it's like if you don't have any of those pressures and you get to just have Justin Fields just be, you know, that person for the beginning. And then Ryan Poles, let's not forget, is not afraid to make moves at the trade deadline. So if if there's a a quarterback-hungry team and the Bears are three and five, 
right? It's below the, 500. I mean, you can do those things. That, that, but you think, they need to, you think they need to upgrade significantly around Justin in order for Justin to reach his potential? And the I, I don't think that. I think Justin's a 13 to 17 quarterback, regardless of what you have around him. But you don't think that the more stuff that's around him, the better he would perform? I mean, I think that that's the case for I every think, quarterback. In the yeah, NFL. I mean, sure, but not enough to where I think you then are this. You've then taken the Bears to the playoffs every year because of how good you are. No. Okay. Yeah, because I because I, I didn't mean to assign a, an opinion to you. I like. Yeah, no. I've, I'm, like, like I, I'm I, glad after two days you asked me. Well, no, well, <laughs> I, I'm saying. I, well, I think we talked about it some yesterday. Uh, I, I'm saying like if if you're keeping Fields, I think the prudent thing to do would be to trade the number one I pick. I see what you're saying. Because you would get Marvin Harrison Jr. and a DJ Moore-like player. You know what I mean? You'd get assets to help him because he's not a transcendent top five, makes everyone around him better, can make Rasheed Rice and Marquez Valdez-Scantling work, right? He would be the, like, he's smart, he's likable, he's hardworking, he's athletic, he's improving, so you'd want to have a Niners or Eagles-like situation around him. So the only way to do that would be to trade the number one pick to get a bunch of other assets like you did last year. And maybe this year's DJ Moore is a left tackle or an edge rusher or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to, to, make, to make the team better. Because if you keep, if you draft Caleb and keep Justin, the only real piece that you're adding this offseason is the ninth overall pick in whatever you add in free agency? Yeah, I want to be. I want to be very clear. I don't want Caleb Williams at one. It might, it might, for me, who Gabriel Ramirez think wants. I, I want them to trade it to take whoever is left over. If somebody falls in love with Drake May, then we get Caleb Williams, or the Bears get Caleb Williams. If somebody falls in love with Caleb Williams, then the Bears get Drake May. But they also have assets. So you want they to trade from one to two, take the second quarterback, and and my assets, and Justin Fields, right? Because now I've given Justin Fields a little bit more, which is what everyone's asking for. Yep. But I also have a failsafe. I also have a, a, something to fall back on in the event that Justin Fields does not pan out to be that. Okay. All right. That I know, is. No, I know. I, I, I get it. I get it. You got two guys in the room. Doesn't matter who they are. You're not going to do that. Whatever. But I want. I, I'm greedy. Mark Grody said I could be greedy. You can be, be greedy. Yeah, you can so, be greedy. So that's my way to be greedy. I think. I think the uh, the human element of that. Would be very, very, Get over it. I told Clay Harbor the same thing. I said, because Clay said, that Gabe, you can't do that. You can't bring him. I said, Clay, what do you think? When the Eagles drafted you as a tight end, they stopped, draft, they stopped drafting tight ends? Leader of the team, man, quarterback. This is, I, this, this is not a veteran. This is not an old guy. This is, this, is, this is a 24-year-old leader. The Eagles did it. The Kansas City Chiefs did it. No, the they Niners, didn't. Who? Who didn't? The Chiefs did not do it. They had a young quarterback with Alex Smith? Alex Smith was... But it doesn't matter. It's just their starter. 33 still years somebody old. that they leaned on. That's what I'm talking about. Having 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 a a, a backup plan. That's what I'm saying. T- the teams that that have somebody in place and they're not and they're still drafting someone to supplant that person. Jalen Hurts was the 50 something pick in the draft. I understand. You know what I mean? Alex Smith was in his 30s. Like that you're talking about a dude who like Justin Fields thinks that he's on his way to a 200 something million dollar contract, and you're talking about the number one or in your case number two pick in the draft. Like though. Those guys come in with a mandate to be the fran- – it's, it's a matter of time that they become yeah. the franchise quarterback. These right? are grown men getting paid millions of dollars, and if I'm in charge of the organization, I don't care. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about making the Bears a good franchise and being good consistently, and I'm not worried about – I understand that plays a role in the locker and the dynamics of everything, but I was just t- I'm saying it like my opinion, what I would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah not what they know, will do, what you think that they yeah. should do. Yeah, no, okay, yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah. I uh, wish we would have gotten to that earlier. John, Mar- John Morosi, uh, 
was in Cooperstown for the Hall of Fame. Want to know what he thinks Jed means by the fifth inning of the offseason. Will Mark Burley ever get in? He had a, a role in the Joe Maurer candidacy that I want to talk to him about. Uh, here's uh, John Morosi. Where is Jeff Passan? Should we just man? call Jeff Passan right now? Yes, yeah. just call him. Fox Sports baseball contributor. And there you will find this from John Morosi. Juan Soto trade to the Yankees is now close to being finalized. MLB Network Insider. Me llamo John Morosi. Estoy aquí en Cooperstown. Un gran día para Adrian Beltre. John Morosi. I'm so happy I can't lie to you. It's the best moment of my life. All the fans who are here supporting me means the world. With Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. John Morosi back from Cooperstown with us on the hotline presented by Circa Sports Illinois. What up, JP? Good evening, my friends. Hope all is well in the great city of Chicago. It's been a great week here in Cooperstown. I'm actually still here. Mm. I love it so much in Cooperstown. I have not even left yet. We have one more day of shows tomorrow before I head back and prepare to watch the Lions beat the Niners and win the NFC Championship. But uh, a very, very exciting time here indeed. Well, I picked the Lions to make the Super Bowl before the season. So uh, that would be it. Yeah, I did. did. Yeah, Lions Chiefs. Honorary, Honorary Michigander status if you want it. Eh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Um, so we'll do some Chicago stuff here in a second, but a good Hall of Fame class. You had a role in the candidacy, the essay. What What is your connection to Joe Maurer and Cooperstown, if you could explain it to the audience, JP? Sure. I, I appreciate it, Danny. I uh, was very honored uh, that the network, MLB Network, and certainly the, the team here does a great job. Uh, this is one of our biggest events of the year. We were here on site in Cooperstown. And about a month or so ago, our producers asked me if I would be comfortable helping to write a video essay in tribute to the career of Joe Maurer and that we were hoping to have one of his longtime teammates and very close friend, Justin Morneau, voice it. And so uh, basically we started workshopping what the script would be. Uh, I sent along a suggested script and Justin added some of his own personal touches on it. And uh, we aired it last night right before the announcement. So we certainly prepared it for the pre-show, which is a two-hour show right before the the revealing of the the Hall of Fame class. So we did not know at the time that we worked on the essay if he was going to get in. It was just part of part of the show, part of the the preview. If if you consider the the show last night, Gary Sheffield had an interview with Harold Reynolds. So th- there's there's a lot we don't know, but we did know that Mauer's numbers were trending up and really happy with the way that Justin read the, the script and how he added his own uh, touch to it. And it was just pretty cool to watch the final product last night and and really see how it, it moved a lot of people from Minnesota and, and the Twin Cities in the Midwest. So I was happy to have certainly covered a lot of Joe's games in, in the American League Central. I was on the beat for the Tigers during those years. So saw a lot of base hits off the bat of number seven and, and thrilled for him and his family that he's in the hall now. Yeah, and as a Sox fan, you know, you see a guy's name like Joe Maurer and you say, oh, yeah, first ballot should be there there shouldn't be much of a of, of an argument made uh, against that so uh, that that's good for him congratulations and for you john is there a sense of joy and pride right being a part of this whole thing not only just with the production of that piece but just as, as a whole with with everything else once these decisions are made to see the guys that have finally made it in it really is it's an honor in in two ways it's an honor to have a ballot and it's something i take very seriously and spend a lot of time on during the year uh, and certainly sitting up here with Brian Kenny and Joel Sherman and Jason Stark and having our conversations to be able to to have conversations with the three of them who are also passionate about it as well. 
is special. And it's honestly inspiring for me to do the best job that I can to be as informed about all these candidates historically and in a contemporary way with, with all the different numbers that we have to evaluate. But there's also that that moment where you talk about the moments of the game and the history of the game and and why uh, certain players who achieve great things in October, uh, why they stay with us and how that can in some ways elevate a candidacy. I try not to detract points, if you will, from players who do not have a distinguished track record in October, but it can be the separator for someone like Chase Utley, who I voted for, Jimmy Rollins, who I voted for. And, and so it's really fun to consider players and just discuss them and debate them back and forth over dinner with my friends up here. And so mm-hmm. then it's the TV part of it, which is to be there in the room when they actually announce the results and, and to be in the plaque gallery and to hear Josh Rowitz, the president of the Hall of Fame, announce the new class and express what is happening and, and who is about to arrive here. Uh, it is pretty unique to begin with that piece of paper that, by the way, you return in the mail via postal mail, <laughs> very much old school, and then to actually be in the room when the results are announced is uh, it's honestly a blessing. and I'm, I'm very, very grateful to be here. Is there any way Mark Burley ever makes the Hall of Fame? Danny, I hope so because and and I'll I'll be honest with with Sox fans here and, and you know this I've supported him a, a lot when he's been on the ballot. I did not have room for him this year. I do believe that with the dynamics of the ballot now, we elected three. Gary Sheffield falls off, Ichiro comes on, CC comes on, but that leaves me some room. And you, you had I, him. You had him on last year, but off this year, correct? Correct, exactly. So previous to this, I had voted for him on a, when when he was on the ballot but I just ran out of room right now. You're, you're limited to 10. And so you have to make those hair splitting choices. My, my biggest goal for this year was that both Tory Hunter and Mark Burley would remain on the ballot for at least another year. And, and in that respect, we won last night because both of them are back. And, and I've always been someone, certainly we've talked about covering the American league central. I'd like to think that I have perspective on both Burley and Tory that, not everybody has because I saw it up close in a lot of big games uh, in Minnesota, in Chicago over the years, certainly in Detroit when they came in to play the Tigers. And and I saw historic greatness from both of them. And, and I really believe this, and, and I'm going to give Sox fans some hope here. The presence of CC Sabathia on the ballot will help Mark Burley, or at least he, he should help Mark Burley. Because when you compare CC's career to Burley's career, they look similar enough. I think CC is a stronger candidate. I believe he has a chance to get in on the first ballot, partially because of just the, the sheer number of strikeouts and the dominance that he had as, as an ace for a long time. But Mark Burley, 200 innings every single year for more than a decade is special. And I would like to think that with the way that we look at starting pitching now, guys, it's even more special. And so uh, maybe maybe that helps affirm the case that Mark Burley was underappreciated in his time. Would there be a, is there, is there a precedent though? I mean, he was what 10.8% last year, something a little over 8% this year. You need 75% to get in. Is there precedent for a guy going from single digits to 75 plus percent? That doesn't happen very often, Danny, to be honest. Has and it ever? It, uh, that low, I'm not sure. In the low double digits, Roland started out pretty low. I'd have to go back and see what his first first year total was it was somewhere in that range scott Rowland got from the low double digits the tens or teens into election 
And and what why I think it's important for Burley, and, and this is something that I think is crucial to, to underscore here. Yes, you're playing for this game for the writer's ballot, but also the higher you get on this ballot, even if you don't get elected by the writers, it does elevate your profile for the era committee that will eventually consider your era. And so that was true for Gil Hodges. He waited a long time. He was elected posthumously, but he was elected. Jack Morris saw his total go up. And, and in some ways, there are some burly Morris comparisons. Again, different eras, but the stalwart, but maybe not uh, necessarily a, a strikeout artist for a period of time, that, that maybe their careers looked better with some remove and indeed sound better when you're in the room being discussed by a smaller 16-member committee that includes your playing peers. For example, if you project into the future, what if Joe Maurer is there as one of the Veterans Committee members considering Mark Burley and says, listen, I batted against him a lot. Mm. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Remember that potential down the line. And that's an interesting piece because you could see guys like that. We were discussing it yesterday on the show, John, where, you know, once the changing of the guard takes place, whether that is in a, in a veterans committee or just those that are voting, and maybe they had a different kind of experience with guys like Mark Burley because I, I, too, am a Sox fan and would love to see uh, something like that. But I, but my question for you is, has, has, has anyone ever gotten in on your watch maybe that you didn't vote for that you wish you did, wished you had? That's a great question. I'm typically a big hall guy. And so I usually fill up my ballot with all 10 spots. Uh, and so there were some years Mike Piazza got in and I did not vote for him. And largely it was because I wanted to make sure I supported some other candidates who were lower on the ballot. Uh, I think there was a, a question I had between Edgar Martinez and Mike Piazza. There were some very crowded years on those ballots when Bonds and Clemens were still there. And I I voted for both of them. I do not vote for A-Rod or Manny Ramirez because they were both suspended. And so my ballot now is a little freer. I have a little more latitude to make the choices that I want. So the year that Piazza went in, I, I did not vote for him. Now, I believe he's a Hall of Famer. I'm glad that he's in the Hall. One of the best, if not the best, offensive catchers ever. But I saw other players that I really wanted to support and sustain their candidacies. And so I, I do acknowledge sometimes I will vote strategically. And that was one instance where I was glad that someone I didn't vote for hmm. was still elected in the end. When Jed Hoyer says they're in the fifth inning of their offseason, what do you think innings six through nine look like? I think that we see right now, uh, if, we're, if we're imagining the offseason as a game, Scott Boris is on the mound <laughs> with the baseball. He's looking in at the hitter. The hitter is the Cubs front office, and it is a staring contest. And this, this particular encounter is, is fully in violation of the pitch timer because <laughs> we, we are not going to have this wrap-up anytime soon, I don't think. And, and part of the staring contest for the Cubs, I believe, is, okay, you've acquired Michael Bush to play first base, potentially. He's in his mid-20s, so he's not really like a kid prospect. He should be ready to play right away. And you've got Talkman as some insurance in the outfield, and then you have Pete Crow Armstrong. And if Pete Crow Armstrong is as good as the Cubs believe he is and as good as a lot of the independent evaluating systems believe he is, I'm not sure how much sense it makes to spend $200 million for Bellinger if that's the going rate. You might be comfortable with a number that's less than that or that gives you some more flexibility or maybe you move Bellinger to first base down the line. 
But I'm just not sure if, depending on the subtext of where Bellinger wants to play, if having him play center field uh, in the long term is a great idea when you have certainly Crow Armstrong right now and also Alcantara, who they believe is a solid, if not spectacular, defensive center fielder in the future as well. So Bellinger right now, tremendously valuable. He was huge for the Cubs this past year, and I still think there's a, a decent chance he comes back. But part of that staring contest is his market value or the ask that he's making is way larger than perhaps his value right now to the Cubs because they believe that Crow Armstrong can help. So I've been saying on the air, JP, that I expect the Cubs to make a trade. Like they, you don't, ha- you can add salary by trade, and Pete Crow Armstrong, Owen Casey, Kevin Alcantara. There's a lot of outfielders, and they're locked in with Saya, and they're locked in with Hap. I think PCA is going to be with the big league club for the majority of the year, so I don't expect him to be traded. But like they've got top five prospects in the organization that are outfielders that are in theory blocked. So in my mind, that is coming. Do you agree? I do agree, and and it may be for a pitcher at some point. Now remember, I love the Imanaga signing, but we we don't know yet how he is going to withstand the demands of the major league rotation and and will he be able to start every fifth day and if he can't what does that mean for having to have a six-man rotation I, I believe at some point in time this season probably not imminently because spring training is about to begin and teams at this moment tend to not make a major trade in the two weeks before spring training starts but you've got names like Bieber who is still out there. You've got the Marlins starting pitchers like Lusardo and Cabrera who are still out there. And I could see both of those teams really having interest in the outfield surplus of the Cubs because you're exactly right. The Cubs have seven, and this is an incredible positive for them. They have seven of the top 100 prospects according to emblypipeline.com in the entire industry. That's incredible and three of those seven are outfielders so you're right not everybody's going to be able to play especially when you've already got Saya and Hap there uh, and you've got Talkman in the mix still as well so I agree there's tradable depth and there are teams that need that um, I think if they make a trade I would expect it to be more likely for an additional arm than would be for your everyday center fielder even though there are still teams and I'll mention this one which is I think a, a meaningful connection here the Minnesota Twins They've got Polanco, they've got Kepler, and they need pitching potentially somewhere down the line uh, because of where their rotation is with having lost Maeda and Gray this offseason. So there's a lot of different potential fits going forward that I believe the Cubs could be involved in in the coming months. Maybe not right now, but in the coming months. John Morosi, MLB Network. Good stuff in Cooperstown. Thank you for the time. We will talk soon whenever the Cubs do something. And uh, hopefully the White Sox. 27-24 Lions over the Niners on Sunday is the prediction, and I suppose <laughs> we we can also talk Jim Harbaugh sometime if you want. Well, guys. I was going to say, are you are you cool with him leaving now that he won? I am. I am. I, I think Sharon Moore is ready. We saw um, Sharon coach the team for half the year anyway and did a great job, won some huge games against Penn State and Ohio State. So I, I do think that the time feels like it has arrived. And uh, certainly with all the interest in the NFL, the one thing that Jim hasn't done yet, sure get the sense that uh, there may be a natural time to shake hands and hug and then part ways. Does it bother you that the title is tainted because they spy? Oh, uh, on the contrary. (laughs) I I believe the title title is 
is to me forthright and above board because of the penalties that were imposed by the Big Ten midway through. If the revelations had come after the season was over, it would be, I think, then a little bit of an asterisk. But they found they, they were found out all before the big games against Penn State, Ohio State, Big Ten Championship, Alabama, Washington. I think they earned it. All right. John Morosi. Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon. You're the best. All the best, guys. Thank you. All right. I mean, he brought it up. I had to troll him a little bit. <laughs> I loved it. He's just so positive. <laughs> we, really won a, is. we won a championship. He's he gonna, can go. He can go. There's no, there's no stain on this one. So we cheated. <laughs> it's fine. And by the way, I pretty much agree with him. Uh, one of your guys said something uh, a little out of pocket. Want to run it by you since Uh-oh. you're not going to be in tomorrow. It's Parker the Spiegel on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.